endless possibilities with Catherine Jean. On Endless Possibilities this afternoon, I'm very lucky to be joined by Graham Cohen, who is the board director who helped start in 2009, Are You OK? Good afternoon, Graham. How are you? I'm fantastic, Catherine. Lovely to join you. Yes, thank you so much. I know that you're very busy and it's very important, I think, for people to hear, you know, from yourself what the actual Are You OK? is all about and, you know, your experience from it. So. Where did it start from? It started um, because Gavin Larkin, who was um, our founder, he tragically lost his father Barry to suicide. Um, was about was about fifteen years before Are You Okay actually started, yeah. and Gavin's father Barry was quite an amazing person. He was a high level business consultant to people like. Jerry Harvey and John Singleton and Kerry Packer. And he was always seen as, you know, the strong one. And when he took his life, it, it just had a really, really huge effect. Not, not only just at, the, at that point, but even, you know, 15 years later, Gavin was having to explain to his son, mm. Gus, why his grandfather took his life yeah. and Gus didn't even know him. And so, that was the initial story. And I met um, Gavin in the initial planning stages in March 2009. And I'd written my, or just launched my first book, which is called Back From The Brink. And in that book, I shared my suicide note, my suicide attempt. And so we had an immediate bond uh, in terms of, he had the tragedy of losing his father to suicide. And I, I had the, I guess the relief that I didn't put my family through the, same thing. So first and foremost, Are You Okay is about preventing suicide. But part of Gavin's, I think, brilliance was realising that, that it's about catching it early and having conversations and about empowering the people around those that could be vulnerable to have those conversations. And I really believe that's been one of the key elements why it has just dramatically grown and reach and impact. Mm, I agree with you. Um, having worked on Lifeline and uh, in mental health myself, that initial thing of looking out for if something changes in a person's personality or what they do, it, it's such a telltale because we're such creatures of habit that we, in without knowing, we're giving out these signals. So... It is a, it's brilliant, isn't it, if you can get it in that stage? Yeah, and that's what we really try to encourage people to look for, to look for changes. You know, it could be changes in behaviour, changes in mood, changes in the way they dress, present, changes in how they eat, changes in how they consume drugs. All yeah. those things are potentially a red flag, as you know. Yeah, that's right. And I think also, like, as you said, Gavin's father being in that high profile situation, peep, and you you put you're the clown. You put on that smile that goes around, and everyone thinks, "Oh yeah, they're okay." And it just shows you the inner turmoil that a person can be going through, yet they don't show it. And so those signs that they give up that we're talking about that is subconscious are very very important. Like you had your own experience, didn't you? And yet, did anyone really notice that? you were going down a pathway that was dark? 
I was very fortunate. I had, uh, even though um, I went through a very, very long depression, it was about five years. Mm. And, you know, my marriage broke down, I lost my job and lived with my parents. And I was very fortunate that they were incredibly supportive. Um, but I was really, really, you know, chronically depressed and, and literally I thought about suicide every single day for about two years. I just thought it was, you know, the easy solution because when you're in that dark hole, you feel 110% convinced that you'll never come out. You really do. And, um, and so uh, I have attempted suicide. I know, I know the hopelessness you feel. Um, you just think that recovery isn't possible. Yeah. But I'm also now living proof that, you know, you can bounce back. You can have a really fulfilling life, a great life. And that's why I am so passionate about sharing my story because I know it allows other people to share their story as well. Yeah. And I think also, Graham, though, coming from a, a guy is great because we have such a problem with men opening up. And I always say opening up the tin. And the higher rates of suicide are around men. And, you know, I, I've, many times when I've jumped on different radio stations and I've had guys that have been interviewing me, and I've said to them, we're talking about mental health. And I go, so what is with you guys? Why won't you open up? You know, we, we want to crack that tin opener going. What do you think so yeah, well, it, well, it is tragic that men do account for 75% mm -hmm. of suicides. And, it, I, and I really believe that part of it is in socialisation, you know, that we are brought up to be problem solvers, you know, to sort it out ourselves. Um, and there's somewhat of a, a sign of weakness if you can't, figure it out yourself. And I, I, I still believe that is a root cause. Because of that, men are also really poor at um, seeing their GP. You know, men yeah. see their GP much less than women see their GP. Yeah. Uh, they call helplines much less. Um, and uh, it really has to change because it's, uh, it's just unacceptable for anyone to lose their life that way, especially when I know but I know 100% that it's unnecessary, that, uh, you know, I know why people do it because I've attempted it myself, but I also know that it's completely irrational thinking when you're in that place. You know, you think, you think you're being sane. Like I genuinely thought that I was doing my family a favour. They were going to be burdened with me my entire life. That's the thinking. And, and you do think that you're doing them a favour. And, uh, you know, for people... It could be listening to that. You know, that is, you could not be further from the truth. Yeah. You know, people want you around. They want you supported. And you just need to know that if you do take the right actions, um, it may not necessarily be, it won't be an overnight recovery, but if you take the right actions consistently, little consistent things, it can lead to, you know, a change in your priorities and, and ultimately... A better life, a better mm. life. That's in my experience. And I know many, many others that have been through, you know, profound uh, mental illness and um, come out the other side with a different view on life. And that was really the theme behind my my back from the brink book. So you know, I've interviewed people all over Australia, all over the world, who have been through really dark places, both well known and every everyday people. But, you know, they all found something that worked for them. And there were some common elements, 
Um, but the, and there are also some unique elements for each person. Mm. And it is about, about what I think you call it, um, you know, opening the can, I call it cracking the code, you know, uh, you know, finding out the little things that work for you to help with your recovery. Yeah, and I think that, um, like, it, it, people, like, we, we talk about the hopelessness and the worthlessness and that sometimes, like, when you're burdened with this depression for so long, it's just even the mere tired, being so tired of, of living life and, you know, like, there's no value. I mean, all these things are in, in the little filing cabinet that comes out in the mind and it, you're just ticking all the files going, yeah, well, I'm not this, I'm not this, I'm not this. But it's so hard to close that filing cabinet and, and to make that step. And I think that, and I'm, this is why, you know, the are you okay so wonderful, is that this is why it's so hard to come back up. But if you can get in before it and you can see signs and you can jump in, and with simply saying a, a word of, are you okay? It's not in your face. It's not heavy. And it's light and it opens up a possibility for conversation. Yeah. And, you know, it's the spirit of it. And it's it's the recognition that a conversation could change your life. And, you know, it doesn't even have to be, are you okay? It can be just, how are you going? Mm. You know, just notice you haven't been coming for a drink lately. Um, What's been happening? Mm. I notice, and, and making those observations about changes, I think, really helps to open things up because men, um, in general, are real deniers. And I remember we have a there's a wonderful video on the um, Are You OK um, YouTube channel, and it's a, it's, a, it's a real story, but it's been very condensed. But it's between Justin, who was an employee, and Tom, who was the boss. Mm. And you know, they obviously had great camaraderie, but it was a very blokey industry. They worked in the railway industry. Yeah. And Tom just, you know, would ask, you know, you're doing okay, you know, how are things? Mm. And Justin actually says at the end of the video, I wasn't ready to talk the first time, the second time, but when he asked the sixth time, I was ready to talk. I, I just thought to myself, I just can't do it this anymore. Yeah. And I think this is part of the mindset we need with men as well, is that it might not happen as easily as women are able to share their, um, their share their feelings. But if you go in with genuine, genuine care and genuine intent, um, people sense that. You know, people agonise about, what do I say? Will I say the wrong thing? You know, just go in with a, a spirit of care Mm. of making them feel like they're the most important person, mm. really listen, keep asking questions, help mm. them feel understood. Mm. And as you would know from your lifelong experience, Catherine, mm. that is then the greatest um, probability that you, you're then able to influence them. If they feel understood, if they are able to open up and don't accept the first answer that comes because very rarely is the first thing said, the, you know, the true picture. Keep mm. probing, keep probing. Mm. And that was true. I mean, Lifeline, I mean, gave me so many more skills and opened up so much more, oh, I don't know, thinking in my own self. And 
to not, it, it, you're not jumping in with Lifeline to be a savior. You're jumping in to empower the person on the other side because the greatest thing, my belief, and I think is Lifeline's too, is that if you can empower someone, then they've got the power within their own self. But if they become reliant on you, they're still not empowered. And that, that's what they need. They need that empowerment to make those steps to, to get back out of that hole that they're in. Yeah, very much so. It's a very um, hard place, this thing with suicide. It's not something that people like to speak about. And even though we have it around, it, it's, we still shear off it with all the talk on trying to destigmatise mental health. It's like we still find that very hard or people find it very hard or it's, it's not a comfortable word or it's not a word we want to talk about. We're trying to be happy tonight. Do you find that that's still the stigma that's around speaking of the word suicide? Yeah, very much so. And, you know, I, I explained the reason why Are You OK started and it could have yeah. been National Suicide Prevention Day. And yeah. to be honest, it never would have worked. It never would have taken off. And, um, and so, you know, Are You OK has done a great service by helping to just make it easier for everyone to speak about. But we do also need to be able to speak about self-harm, suicide, yeah. Um, hopelessness. Mm. We need to be able to talk about those three things because mm. there are people that feel that. And I can tell you, you know, through first-hand experience, that it's it's better to talk about it. People are fearful that they mention the word suicide or put people ideas in people's head. It won't. It won't. Mm. If anything, there's a relief to really talk about. It. I mentioned before that I've been. I thought about it every single day for two years at least. All the time, and it was like this consistent loop. But when you do speak about it, it stops that loop, and um, and I think ultimately it helps people to know where you are. Um, but yeah, you know, it it, it 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 isn't easy. But if we are to be serious about making an impact on suicide. Not only do we have to try and prevent it happening, because the closest thing we have to, um, you know, a golden cure is early detection and prevention, you know, yeah. catching it before it gets to crisis. Yeah. But if it does get to crisis, we need to be able to flip and say, well, you know, are you thinking of harming yourself? Mm. You know, is life too hard? Do you want to end it all? And don't be afraid to ask that question. And how, how do you ask that in at Lifeline, Catherine? I'm just intrigued. How were you talking about uh, well, that? Well, we had a protocol and we actually asked, are you thinking of suicide? They answered yes or no. And then after that, you then asked, uh, have you thought of a means of doing it? So you go through a thing to see how much it's set in their mind. And once you know they've got a plan, a time, and blah, 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 well, that becomes pretty serious, that they've actually thought the whole process out. Like, like you say, I mean, I, I've had people say to me, you know, have you thought of it? And I've said it to people. Now, and I'm talking just friends, okay, talking. And I, one of my friends that lost their parents very close together, and they said to me, you know, I do think about it. I'd never do it, but I can understand people thinking about it. And 
I think that that's good to say that because it's making it not like bad and instead of like people get scared to say things because of judgment and mm. if we can reduce that judgment i mean it's like just saying look have you got really bad depression yeah look i do or look do you have uh, suicidal thoughts you know do you feel hopeless worthless are you tired you know they're, they're questions that can be asked that people like you say will might say no no and then they'll say yes like were you asked that at all when you went through yours um, I don't think people really asked it to me often. I think when I saw health professionals, they 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 would, especially, you know, just after an, an attempt and that sort of thing. Mm. But I, but I would have to say that you know most people around me didn't feel comfortable asking that sort of question. And and maybe there's another way around this world. Um, and and this is the way my psychiatrist asked it, and it's probably quite a good way to think about for everyone. And, you know, that is to, you know, to talk about, you know, a mood, your mood, your moodometer, you know, if you think about your mood from, you know, 10 is, you know, best mood you've ever had, zero is the worst mood you've ever had and you can't imagine ever getting better. You know, how would you rate your mood right now? Mm, and, yeah. and straight away that helps you, with, you know, when they say, one, two, or three, you know, you've got a serious issue. Yeah. And, um, and so I think that's also quite a good way to approach without using, you know, the big S word as well. So, you know, having, having different ways of approaching it, but achieving the same outcome, I think is, it's good to have that sort of menu, menu of approaches. And, and Catherine, this is unbelievably important right now. And I'm so, um, pleased that this is going you know on the air soon because yeah. this COVID-19 is ramping up stress levels like we've never seen in our lifetime you know theoretically people think working from home is great well it's not for a lot of people mm. you know for a lot of people who are alone uh, work was their regular social connection mm. so and and having distractions, having everything else is really, really difficult. And I actually, I shared a video yesterday just saying that we have never needed Are You OK anymore. And I talked about how we really also need to have an Are You OK ritual for ourselves. You know, we started off to help the vulnerable, but I reckon in this time, we all should be starting off today asking ourselves, am I OK? Yeah. You know, if I had to write my mood out of 10, where would it be? You know, slipping too, too low, what is one thing I could do today that could make a difference? Yeah. Um, you know, next thing to ask yourself, well, what have you got to be grateful for, you know, the previous day? Try to think of little things that could make a hell. And, uh, and then think, well, who can I ask you? Who can I reach out to? Who can I can have emotional connection to? Because I, I've done a number of webinars, I've done six webinars in the last um, two weeks, which have reached thousands of homes. And I asked people, what, are, what is stressing you most about the COVID-19 crisis? And I formed a word cloud. And uh, this word cloud, so they had an open-ended question, then a, a word cloud. And the three biggest words were uncertainty, 
isolation and unemployment. These were the three biggest fears that um, you know people were having. So this is why talk about mental well-being, taking responsibility, talk about are you okay, but talking about suicide prevention is absolutely critical now because I am fearful that we could be seeing the suicide rate rise if we don't all take some sort of action. Already we're hearing evidence from Beyond Blue that traffic to their information about the coronavirus is seven times higher than their traffic about the bushfires. Seven yeah. times higher. And we thought the bushfires were bad. You know, this is a level of change and distress that we just haven't experienced in our entire lifetimes. Even my father, who's 90, said he can never remember, even when you're you know, going through the war, you know, and the, it didn't happen so fast. It didn't happen so fast. And I think too, and I agree with that it is timely, but the thing is that starters, I think because it's invisible and you can't see, and people, when you can't see something, you get very scared about it. I think that's got a lot to do with it. It is, the ch it is how quickly it is moving. But I think like where I'm in the area where uh, I broadcast from in my home area, which is the Hawkesbury area uh, out in Sydney, that we have a elderly community there. And I remember speaking to uh, Chief Inspector Gary Sims about this because I was very concerned at they're isolated as it is. Now they're really isolated. And I said to him, we need to get things to them. It's not a matter of food. I don't think that's going to be the problem, but getting the local paper to them, keeping them in contact, making sure they're in contact and, and somehow and re respecting those distances, saying like, are you okay? You know, um, can I just bring your bin in and you put the rubbish in and I'll take it out or something like something to happen like that. But you see, I, I agree a, with you because, really sorry. I was just going to say, it's a really good point. And are you okay? Just put out a great resource for exactly that situation you describe. And so if you go to the are you okay website, there's like a, a good neighbor card you can print off. Right. And it just basically says that, and uh, you might be able to provide a link in the show notes, but it just basically says, hi, my name is, you know, Graham. I live at number thing. And I'm happy to get you shopping, you know, call you a certain time of day and you just slip it under the door if you want to or slip it in the letterbox or, yeah. or give it to them personally with your phone number on there. And, and I think that is the sort of stepping up that is required in this, um, in this real lockdown period. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. And I will definitely have a look at that and even see if we can get some out to the Hawkesbury and get them distributed around. Uh, but I mean, and likewise for everyone anywhere that's listening to this podcast, I mean, it, it's, it's really a brilliant idea because it's a problem that we have. And, you know, I've sort of gone in touch with papers and things, but it needed to be a little bit more than that. And, you know, Neighbours brilliant. So um, I will do that. But I, I do believe also because of this uh, experience that we're having at the moment that when people uh, are coming back to their home and they're not, their life isn't as full and going and boom, 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 which we do these days, versing how it was 30, 40 years ago um, for us, it's very, very quick these days and people live in a very quick world. And I, I think that's a lot of the reasons why we have a lot of anxiety too. 
and uh, that when their, their quickness is, goes back down to basically a big chill out, um, they don't know how to cope with that. that. That's strange to them. You know, well, you and I might find it, oh, thank God we can relax for a bit. But it's like, well, mm. how do I cope with that? But it doesn't, it's not, and people don't want to take it to say they've got an issue because they can't because they've revved their whole body up, their whole chemical structure of their body is used to this bang, 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 bang. I'm looking for this this fix, this hit all the time. And then all of a sudden, mm. where's the adrenaline? Where, where, what's it doing? Mm. It's wasted energy. And mm. you know, I can understand why they've said that they want us to keep exercising because we have to do something. So having Definitely. programs in your webinars and things that are coming out, and it, it's good that we have social media because it is a an avenue of being able to express things, you know, there's a lot of bad with social media, but you know, there is with a lot of things in life, but at least there is avenues like yourself that and Beyond Blue, Lifeline, um, you know, there's Kids Line, there's so many things out there for people to be able to um, access. And I think their local communities are really stepping up too. Have you found that with what you've been doing? Yeah, you know, I think there is, um, and I think quite honestly, that is one of the, positive things to this whole experience is that um you know people have had time to reflect mm. <laughs> i saw a, a meme on facebook which showed you know business is normal and someone looking at a phone scrolling down their phone and it had uh, you know during lockdown it had people out exercising and, yeah. and i noticed in my community on um Sunday, I've never seen more people out walking, <laughs> all, uh, you know, keeping a bit of distance apart, but there was, there was a bit of a sense of um, community through doing that, you know, it almost reminded me a bit of, um, you know, my childhood and, and coming home from school, hitting, hitting the streets with my bike and seeing lots of people out there, I, you know, I, I did witness that on Sunday, it was, I think that is a nice element and, um, but also some of those traditional structures aren't working as well because you know for example some people my parents being one of them like to go to church on sunday well they can't anymore you know yeah. those sort of things so um we i think we all just need to, to think about how we can make a difference and and I, ironically when we reach out and help and support it helps us as well you know we feel better we, we feel we're making a contribution and that's good for our own well-being. I know, you know, when I came out of my profound um, depression, it was the thought of writing a book that could help other people that really helped to motivate me and really helped. It was a really key part of my recovery. So finding that sense of purpose of, and contribution can be incredibly helpful to help us come out of a dark place. I've uh, taken this uh, place at the... the the COVID-19 and I mean even though we do have it's not it isn't a good situation we're in but I suppose I've been saying to people that are in business and they feel destitute because they can't do anything to have a look at possibly creating passive incomes have a look at I have just open up put the square box down put the sides down and let's just look at the possibilities let's look at what opportunities are there that you usually don't see because you've got your blinkers on because you're going a certain way no matter what we have, what's happening, the, the virus is here, it's here. So we have to keep ourselves safe, keep our loved ones safe. And we, if we could turn around and try and look at how we could use this time to develop other things, we could come out of this bigger and fuller as people 
than what we walked into it as. I truly believe that as well. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I, I think that what you're doing, what I'm doing, I think that the more people can get uh, through the point of worrying about what they are at the moment with finances and things like that, that, and, and the isolation that they possibly, you know, could make some opportunities out of this, but the, to know, to just keep in touch with people, as you said, to self-check, to, to, it's okay to be selfish. It's okay to look at yourself and say, well, what do I need? And the other thing too, I don't know if you've heard of this, you probably have, but the do, doing, done list, something to do, something I'm doing, something I've done, make a list. Yeah. Yeah. It's brilliant. I do it in therapy with people and it's a great way to motivate yourself. Oh, and you look at what you've done and you, you get that, you know, oh, okay, I've done that. That's cool, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. But, That's right. Um, I like that. Yeah. Good. I haven't trademarked it. You can use that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Look, thank you very much, Graham. I appreciate speaking with you today and maybe we can catch up in another one later in the year sometime. Um, anything, you know, I can do to put up on this uh, podcast afterwards. I'll put the links in for everyone. But I really appreciate your time. Yeah, well, I, I've, um, there's a couple of resources that might be helpful for the people, um, Catherine. I've, I've put together a self-care snapshot um, list, and it's a way to really self-diagnose what are your mood vampires. <laughs> and, uh, so it's, and so it's in three categories. It's un, under vitality, which is our physical health, intimacy, which is our emotional health, and prosperity, which is our contribution health. And uh, there's five questions in each. And what it helps to identify is what is our interest cup? You know, I, I talk about it as like to give it like three glasses of water and they evaporate unless we top them up a little bit each day, each of those three cups. And so um, people can access that for free on my website. And it's uh, grahamcowan.com.au forward slash self-care. And uh, so you'll find the self-care snapshot there. And then there's also a weekly planner and when I was coming out of profound depression, I really found that it didn't help trying to think too far ahead. I really tried to think just in, in one week at the most and yeah. then the other one day. And so this self-care weekly planner allows you to think of things and plan things under each of those three categories, the vitality, the intimacy, the prosperity. Yeah. So, um, and, and when people do download it, they then get a, a a couple of short videos which just explain how to use it, how to put it into action. So people might find that helpful. Yeah, I might do that. I'll put it up with it because I think anything that we can give out, you never know what will click with a person that, you know, they'll think, oh, I like that way of doing it. It's like, how do you, I got out of anxiety with hypnotherapy. Well, that worked for me, you know, yeah. but it might not work yeah. for the next person. But this, these sort of, it, it, all these ideas are gold to me and, mm. you know, whoever it gels with. Yeah, and I'm, I'm very much like you, Catherine, is that, you know, because I've interviewed so many people that have been through tough times, I, I, I never say, you know, if someone says hitting three, I say, oh, that's ridiculous. Or if someone says bark flowers, I never say, I say, if it works for you, go for it, you know, yeah. do what works for you. And, yeah. and, uh, and, and keep an open mind, don't be afraid to try things. But, um, you know, it is, it is, as I said, for me, it's about 
cracking your well-being code and, and making sure you do the little things that top up that well-being each day. And I think just topping that off what you said, that people sometimes get stuck going to the same GP time and time again, nothing ever changes or psychologist or counsellor or whatever. And I say to my clients, if you were to go get a quote to get a deck done at the back or to paint your house or to do some in your kitchen, would you get one quote or would you get three? They go, I'll probably get yeah, exactly. three. Well, why don't you do it on your own self? Exactly. And, you know, I think that's a good rule of thumb for people to look at. If it's not working for you, you've been one place for 10, 12 years and you're still the same, move on. There's so many yeah. things out there. So, yeah. yeah anyway, definitely. I'll keep talking forever and I know you're busy. I'm sorry, Graham. Um, look, that's maybe we worries. can catch up later sometime, and, but otherwise, yeah. thank you so much. Yeah, that'd be great to catch up. And, um, and and when you share it, just let me know where it's available and I'll share it on my um, platforms as well. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you and thank you for the time. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye. Was that okay for you, Graham? Right, okay.